Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, great to see everyone. Let me uh, let me just talk you through and, and reminder: if if you have not, if 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 you're sitting around with us or even online with us, and you're not part of the experiencing God stuff right now, uh, Gary and I were talking to someone today. Come on and join us. You can sit and listen to our conversation. Um, I still think you can learn from being a part of uh, what we're going to talk about this evening. So <clears throat> I want to start just by sharing something with you. Uh, I want to do the memory verse. Okay. <laughs> All right. Alan wants to do the memory verse for us, Alan. He said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. And the second one is like it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Love God, love people, make disciples, make a difference. That's the origin story. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Um, as, we think, as we think through experiencing God, a reminder for us that there, this is based on seven realities. This coming week, as you study, um, there's there's groups that meet on Sunday morning that talk about what we we're going to talk about tonight. There's a group that meets at 7 a.m. tomorrow that'll talk about Unit Three. There's a group that meets at 11 o'clock tomorrow to talk about Unit Three. 7:30 tomorrow night, talk about Unit Three, and then next week we'll be in Unit Four Sunday morning and Wednesday, Thursday. Um, it's wonderful. Based on these seven realities, and, and uh, the first one is God is always at work around you. And as we read these tonight, I want you to personalize these, right? I want you to think that God is always at work around me. God pursues a continuing love relationship with me that is real and personal. I just, every time I read that one, I just, I'm so thankful that my relationship with him is real, it's personal. I don't have to go through someone. I don't have to go through Alan to, to learn more about God. Even though I sit under his teaching and learn more about God, I can still learn about him because of the relationship he has with me is real and it's personal. And more importantly, you confess to him. That that access is, is mind-blowing for people who have come from traditions where they have to confess to someone else as an intermediary to God. The, the, the fact that he loves us so much that he has given me access to anytime, anywhere, I can say, God, I messed up again. And he doesn't tell me to do Hail Marys or or our fathers. He, he says to me, if you confess your sins, I am faithful. I'm righteous to forgive those sins and cleanse you. And and he says it today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And I confess only on days that end in Y. <laughs> and as far as the East is from the West, right? He removes our sin from us. He does. Uh, it's beautiful to think that. He also, God invites me to become involved with him in his work. How beautiful is that? The creator of everything, right? Invites me to become involved with him in his work. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. God's invitation for me to work with him always leads me to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. 
I must make major adjustments in my life to join God in what he's doing. And I come to know God by experience as I obey him and he accomplishes his work through me. So thinking of that, making those statements personal, not just about you, which is true, but he does it about me. He does these things about me. And um, I just wanted to, to remind you about that, that we have God's work is going to be leading us to obey and experience and that we develop a relationship with him. He invites us to become involved with him in his work. He speaks to us. Have you ever heard God speak to you? Yep. So how have you heard God speak to you? Audibly. One time in my whole life. When was that one time? Uh, when he called me to ministry uh, or told me to quit playing. Um, I had graduated from college, had earned an accounting degree, um, was working at a car dealership until I could get a real job. Every day I took off the shirt that had my name on it and put on a suit and went downtown for an interview and then got back in time to finish my lunch hour and get a package of crackers from the vending machine that was lunch. And for more than right at a year and more than 30 companies, I was told no in every way you can imagine. I was driving a 67 GMC pickup truck because my fraternity brother totaled my car and I used the insurance payoff to pay off my college debts. And I was driving a project truck that sometimes started and sometimes did it. And it was, uh, I came back from an interview with Trust Company of Georgia and um, the truck chose not to start. I'm in a suit laying under my truck in downtown Atlanta, trying to get it to start. And I heard God say, have I got your attention? Unmistakable. It, it, I understood it to be God's voice saying, have I got your attention? Yeah. And um, I knew at that time that I was going to head for seminary in the fall. I, uh was in high school and um of course I grew up in the church and all of that. But um uh, one night I was in bed and I couldn't sleep and I'm a teeny can test, I'm a sound sleeper. <laughs> but um I could not sleep. I was very, very restless. And I can relate to Jacob because I I I wrestled with God in the bed. And it was, it took me saying with conviction, wherever you lead, I'll follow. Oh. And at that moment, I went sound asleep. Oh, wow. And uh, I really have experienced peace ever since that experience. And uh, I know that uh, I've been asked one or two times when there were crises that appeared physical crises that appeared. And um, I've had a doctor ask me, he said, how can you be, how can you be at peace when you're experiencing this? And I'll never forget that he came in at one point after um, the situation had been uh, determined that it was benign. And uh, 
the doctor looked at me and he said, and he was not a firm believer himself. I don't know where he was exactly spiritually, but he looked at me and he said, your friend's prayers have been answered. And I thought, wow. I mean, what, what a statement from him. He speaks a lot of times through circumstances. Mm -hmm. And God speaks to us in, in different ways. Have any of you ever seen a burning bush that talked to, to you? Uh, yeah. Not yet, not yet. That's a good answer. <laughs> That's how he chose to speak to Moses, right? In the Old Testament. God chooses to speak to us, right? God chose to spoke. God chose to speak under a car in a bed. And for me, it was uh, at a stoplight in Springfield, Illinois. I could still take you to that same spotlight, stoplight. And uh, I know exactly. And I didn't hear him audibly, but I, I knew what he was telling me, right? I knew what he was saying. And it was an emotional time, right? But I knew he was speaking to me. God speaks to us in so many different ways, and he creates us for a love relationship. And the beginning of this study, it talked a lot about this week, how he pursues us. He pursues us. It, what, do you, what do you think about that? Hmm. So, sometimes we might think in our head, well, no, I'm the one who turned to God. But how did you know to turn to God? Because he's pursuing us. He keep calling us and talking to us. And here I am. Yeah. And you keep looking, who is that? And then you finally realize it is God because he did choose us. And then you finally come to the point it is him talking to me, you know, like you say in bed or on the car. And you and when he do speak, you know it's him. No doubt. You will know. We continue that relationship. We have that we build that relationship with him so that there's no doubt in our life when he's speaking to us that we know that it's God. He's just pursuing that relationship with us. He's speaking to us through other people. We hear, we listen, and then we just, we finally just, we turn to him. Um, as you, as you were doing the lessons this week, what is something that uh, in these first couple of days, let's just stick with the first couple of days. It just really just jumped out to you and, and uh, you just can't wait to tell us about tonight. Well, I like it when he said that a love relationship with God is more important than any other single thing in my life. And that attachment from the God who created everything, who knows everything, who has everything, want to be in personal relationship with me, who is nobody. Yeah, it's a beautiful statement, yeah. is it? Yeah. Is it easy to believe or hard to believe? Well, so depends. Like Hebrew talking about, you know, where you are in your life, no? So sometimes when you feel like you're not obeying him, you feel like, well, how can he love me? You know, I'm not doing what he wants me to. You know, just like children. Mom probably doesn't love me now because, you know, I messed up. So I think same we feel like about God. But he always let us know, I love you. Right. You messed up. That's okay. Yeah. I love you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Someone else. Even online, don't let us forget you all online if you want to share. Hey, go ahead. 
If any of us, including myself, if we have a problem spending time with the Lord, it is not a scheduling problem. It's a love problem. And that that was like, okay, I didn't, I never think of it like that. But but to be honest, I love spending time with the Lord. But, you know, it's, when I read that, it was really like an eye opener. Right, right. That's great. Thank you. Do you think he's always giving invitations over and over again? You got the relationship. I mean, I don't, maybe Ms. me, I don't get an invitation every day to do something new. And you, you work for the church. So are you already answering the invitation? So you're always there. You get an invitation every day. I should go counsel these young people. I should go pray for the sick, go visit some, somebody. I mean, Sometimes he's still waiting for me to do what he told me to do yesterday. <laughs> so maybe I don't get an invitation every day because yeah. I've been a little slow to obey what he told me to do the first time. But sometimes we're also looking for big things. Sometimes it can be a little invitation. You see somebody in the store and you just smile at the person. And I think that was God. You know, I don't want to smile at the person. I don't feel like smiling. But God will smile through you. And you know, we don't always see it as a big invitation, but I think God do those little things. I've, I've never once thought of you and thought that you wouldn't want to smile. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I, uh, that's, that's never, that, it's never been a thought I had. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying I don't believe you, but I don't believe you. Um, I think you're right. I, I think he's always, he, if he's at work around us all the time, which he is, he's always at work around us. As we're in that relationship with him, um, it, it's not like we walk in a store and we're like, okay, and, and we're just on guard to see, okay, you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? But as we're in those situations, I think he's going to reveal to us. And as we have that relationship with him, he's going to speak to us. And that voice is going to be clear. It's going to be clear that we don't doubt. Is this really God? Is this really God saying this? Because we're going to know it's him speaking. Um, just, um, and we, we use, I use the example of, um, Growing up, if I was in a store, if I heard a voice of someone that I recognize, like I, you hear a voice that you hear, recognize that timbre, you recognize that sound, and you know exactly who that is. You don't have to guess. I know who that is. And you go and look for him. Maybe you haven't seen him in a while. As we recognize God's voice, I think that invitation is, is out there. He, because we might work at a church. It's not like eh, we've done everything we need to do now. We're just coasting, right? But I think with everyone, he's, he's putting that out there. Link is that a said, retirement joke? Uh, not yet. We're, we'll we'll get into those in a little bit later. Uh, sometimes we look for these great big things. God, what do you want me to do with my life? Right? What's your will? I mean, those can be big things, but at the same time, it can be just something small. Mm. Hey, today, as you live today, I want you to do this today. Um, next week, you're going to have an opportunity to read a bunch of Psalms in, in your study, right? And and he's going to ask you just like one of the days this week. Just take some time and go for a walk. Just take some time and just listen to God. Read some of these psalms. See what he says to you in these things. And let him speak to you. So I do believe that that invitation, it's not just a one-time invitation for salvation. It's a continuing invitation to join him where he's working. And we have the beauty to join him and listen and be a part of things. As Alan said, sometimes he's waiting on him to do what he told him yesterday. And it's not like God is sitting there just like tapping his watch, just going, let's go. Come on. You know, and he's not punishing us when we don't do those things. At the same time, we're not seeing those blessings of just following God.
in his life. So it's not a punishment thing, but it's the joy of following him and doing what he asks us to do. Just brings joy in our life. So I do believe he continues to. There's a, a reverse side to that. And that is when uh, God prompts us to do something and we fail to do it. Right. And then having to deal with the circumstances of that afterwards, realizing that was God telling me to do that. And I blew it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then what do we do in a situation like that? What did you What did you do in your situation like that? How about you don't that? get a redo. <laughs> so consequently, you just try to cut that away and say, "Okay, the next time he talks to me, I am I am not going to I'm not going to get rebuked again. Right. I've already done it once, and that was sufficient." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would. Uh, I'm not challenging you on your story at all. Sure. Um, Paige is online here. She, her group on Sunday morning, they had a situation where uh, someone around the table. Uh, had a conversation with someone and they realized at the end of that conversation, I should have prayed with this. This was somebody who came in and did some work, some HVAC work in their home. And they shared a couple of things and had a strong connection. And this person around the table said, I missed it. I missed it. I should have prayed with him. And then another person, not in their family, but sitting around that same table Sunday morning said, you know what you can do? You can call that company. And ask that worker to call you. And then when he calls you back, you could just say, I should have prayed with you. You know, I should have done this. And 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 I agree that that time has passed. But still, if it's something that God has asked us to do, we can still go back and say, you know what, God, I blew this. I should have done it. And not if in every situation. If it's, if, it's a, if it's a passing by mm -hmm. and it's not going to occur again, I mean, absolutely not going to occur again. You have, you have blown. I agree. And there's, there are times that are like that. But but I just wanted to kind of bring a situation where yeah. we don't always have to think that all oh, that time has passed and we can't do anything about it. Right. But I do agree with you in that part that there are times when we may never see that person. again. There's, there's a huge balance between the old cliche delayed obedience is disobedience and God putting something that we need to mature to the point of obedience like, okay, I've got a creative way that I can try to recapture that moment or God teach me through it. I, I think there's that that's, that's the beauty of the patience of letting us draw near to him is that we are, as the writer of Hebrews said, we are, we are maturing, we're moving from milk to meat. And, and sometimes it's, Two steps forward and one step back. Well, and two, when you fail God and you say, God, I, I'm so sorry. I ask your forgiveness. I know you're forgiving me. What do we know that God isn't using that? Because then when something bigger comes along, we'll do it instead of ignoring it. I mean. But he also know, teaches us what George said. Sure. We it's we were thing. we missed a blessing because he wanted to use me as an instrument of advancing his kingdom. And I told him I was scared. I, I was afraid of the way someone re, would react. I was self-conscious. I was lazy. I was ignorant, whatever it was. And then God is maturing me through that for the next opportunity. It's we, we, we can't, we can't push God into a, a mold. Sorry. Oh, you're I did it again. No, I started preaching. I'm going to start a meeting anyway. One, one so day you'll I'll be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. 
Uh, Alan mentioned about praying for weddings. How many weddings do you have in the next uh, several weeks? Five. Five. Okay. Well, four. One was Saturday. One was Saturday. You have to travel for some of them. Uh, travel for all of them. Well, there's one in the church. No, it's an Atlanta Athletic Club. Oh, that's right. I'm oh, I'm not doing the one at church. Alan Toliver's doing that. Okay. Would <laughs> be a wedding crasher? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll do that. Soon. All, all throughout, all throughout this week. I'll let John tell you where. Not that's right. Love you guys. Thanks, Alan. He has to go to Rome, Italy for one of the weddings. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to go as a, you know, <laughs> bellhop or something for him. That's right. <laughs> it's a plus one. His plus one. All of this week, the the theme that we just read is that God pursues this relationship with us. God is actively wanting a relationship with us. And he wants that relationship with us on a personal level. Day four reminds us uh, there's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away, all alike become worthless. There's no one who does what is good, not even one. But we can't do good on our own. But God works through us. He pursues this relationship with us. We're not naturally righteous. Alan mentioned a couple of weeks ago, no one drifts into holiness. He quoted that author. Author, No one drifts into holiness. It's something we pursue. And as we follow God, we become more like him in every way. The bottom of page 61 in our books, uh, this is something that uh, just stuck out to me. And I'll get a couple of more and then uh, we'll pray. And I hope you have a great week. But the, this last sentence at the bottom of page 61 if you are going to experience God and know his will, you must be absolutely convinced of God's love for you. I know he loves me, but something just stuck out in that sentence to be absolutely convinced that he loves me. The very last day, day five, one of the questions was briefly describe an experience in your life when God was real, personal and practical in his relationship with you. You know, I mentioned that um, I can take you to that stoplight in Springfield, Illinois. Kelly was in the back seat, um, and I was wrestling with what God wanted to do in our lives. And um, I finally just submitted and surrendered. I'm willing to do whatever, God. And I just assumed it would be the next week. We'd have a job, and we'd be gone. <laughs> and it was probably six or seven years later. Oh, wow. um, and I think part of this, when we talked about God refining our character, God working in us, and just just shaping us, the person he wants us to be. Um, it took a while, but I can still go back and remember that time that I knew what God was saying. Uh, another time when I knew that uh, when I was in college, a senior in college, I was a music education major, thought I was going to be a band director. A lot of you know this story. But I was at a church in Louisville, my home, and uh, sitting in the balcony of this college uh, event we were having. And a lady had a banana. And she just peeled the top of the banana. She said, most of you, this is what you've done with God in your life. And then she peeled the rest of the banana. And she said, God wants you to do so much more with your life. And it's such a silly illustration in some ways. But when she did that illustration, it just smacked me in the face. And I knew right then that I wasn't supposed to go and start teaching in a school, that I was supposed to move to Texas and go to seminary. 
and another time when I just knew that God was speaking to me, recognizing his voice, understanding what that sounds like, knowing that he's pursuing this relationship with me that's real and personal, knowing that he's working in every way around me, and I get to join him in that work is just beautiful. So this week, what's he calling you to do? How is he speaking to you? Jesus told him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. Greatest and most important. Love God with everything that we have. So I have a great opportunity this coming week to study God's invitation and love. The one who has his commands and keeps them is the one who loves me and the one who loves me will be loved by my father, I also will love him and will reveal myself to him. So I have a great opportunity this week to, to continue to see what God is doing in our lives. Um, I encourage you this week as you study and as you read that next Wednesday night as we meet, that you come and, and not only just tell us something in the book that meant a lot to you, but let's, we can take that information and make it personal. This meant a lot to me because of this is how it happened in my life. And we can share those with each other. I hope you have a great rest of your week. All right. Let me pray as we go tonight. Father, we do love you and we thank you for the opportunity to continue to understand that even from the beginning of time that you were pursuing this relationship with us, that you so desire that we just have a relationship with you and that you love us so much. It's been said a couple of times tonight. That even when we mess up, that even when we're, we're not doing what you want us to do, you still love us and you care for us and you desire that we follow you. And then when we turn and, and we recognize that we're not following you and we confess our sins, we realize that you are faithful and just and you will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us, purify us from all unrighteousness. And we praise you for that. We praise you for the opportunity to know that when we do confess those things that, uh, that you forgive us that you forget forget about them. You don't want us to continue to fall back in those habits, but you want us just to continue to fall in love with you and grow in that relationship with you so that when you do speak to us, it's clear that we know it's you and that we know that doing what you want us to do is not always easy, but we know it's always best. So thank you for that love that you have for us, Jesus. We do love you. And we ask all of it in your great name. Amen. <laughs>